Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa, whatever you're celebrating, we hope it's happy. So most of us celebrating are going to wind up around the table with family, and that's no different uh, for my 62-year-old type 2 diabetic self. And was I good? Well, let's define good. Um I think I was good. Did I eat some carbs that I normally would not have eaten? I absolutely did. And how do I feel about it? Now comes the time for everybody to judge big time. Because what I've seen with almost two years of starting out keto, moving to uh, lower carb keto, then ketovore, and now mostly where I eat less than 20 total, that is total carbs, not net carbs a day, is I've seen every kind of response to this that there can be. Do you cheat? Can you have a carb at holidays? No, you can't. Sure, you can. Just get back on track. Forgive yourself. Do this. Do that. Do the other. Blah, blah, blah. You don't give an alcoholic a drink as a reward or for a holiday. And you know what? All those things are true, and all those things are subjective, and you can sit there and pound your fist on the table and say, you are absolutely right. And you know what? You may be absolutely right for you, not for somebody else. And you can get mad at that, and you can jump up and down and say that you're an evil spawn of whatever, and you have no right. Well, everyone has a right to tell what they went through and what actually happened to them. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to happen to somebody else, and if you've listened to any of my uh, podcasts, you'll know I'm very big about, sure, people in the low-carb community, we all share a common thread of being low-carb, but low-carb means different things to different people. So, with all that said, and hopefully with making everybody listening a little bit mad because you didn't get it all your way. Let that sink in. Uh, and that doesn't mean I don't care for everybody and hope that what I share uh, may help somebody to figure something out in their head. Uh, once again, as always, I am not a medical doctor. I'm just a type 2 diabetic that's been one a long time and through low-carb I am continuing to reverse the symptoms, the chronic conditions, and the things of type 2 diabetes in the hopes that I will totally reverse it one day. Another debatable statement, but anyway, let's move forward. So, um, I am normally an under 20 total carb a day guy. 
and I'm perfectly happy with that. A lot of my Twitter posts, I try to show the variety of foods that I can still eat, that although other people constantly tell you that low-carb is boring, my life's not boring. I enjoy what I eat. My wife and I, we look for ways to spice up our low-carb, and we actually have a lot of fun with it. So here came Christmas. We wanted to get the food for our whole family, which involves sons, uh, daughter-in-laws, uh, granddaughters, I, I mean the whole family. So, you know, we catered with a local uh, mom-and-pop restaurant that just does a great job, and we we did not impose our low-carb on everybody. Now, we had... Uh, a lot of turkey breast, a lot of ham. We had green bean casserole, sweet potato casserole, uh, cornbread dressing. We had all kinds of stuff, deviled eggs, uh, cheeses, you name it, we had it. We had a spread that anybody could have selectively picked what they wanted, remain low-carb, or go into a complete sugar coma if they wanted to, including we bought desserts, good old banana pudding, and they did a great job with that, the restaurant, and coconut cream pie. So, first of all, let me tell you how I felt about it. I, I just, you know, uh, after almost two years of, of ketovore, uh, well, I should say keto, then moving to ketovore, I just don't crave sweets anymore, and even if I take a bite occasionally, and it is truly occasionally, and all people can't do that. Some people have to have total abstinence. I get it. That's your right. I, whatever works for you works for you. I've reached a point. Now, I didn't start out that way. I went through the normal uh, carbohydrate sugar withdrawal. I got over that. Pressed on, pressed on, pressed on, things start getting better with diabetes, better A1Cs, came off insulin. Y'all have heard that story. But my point is I got to a point where even if I took a bite of a sweet, I, I didn't want to devour it. I was just like, yeah, okay. You know, I had to bite, I'm fine, move on. And maybe for me that's because of my type 2 diabetic journey. I went through so many surgeries, insulin pumps, almost died on an operating table. That's a whole other story. But maybe for me it's just like, you know what, uh, once I learned to thank God and be grateful that I'm alive and had a second chance, and I say that in no way being spiritually better than anybody or anything like that, I say that in the in the sense of thanking God for another chance. Now that can push people away, and I can't help that. I'm going to thank God. And how people react to that is they, they can react to that soul search yourself. I don't expect them to react at all, but if you do, that's your business. Just like what you eat is your business. And back to what happened to me. So, I went into this with the attitude of, okay, let's eat the protein and fat first and see if that can keep us pretty much satiated. 
And that did work. It's worked for me many times when I get in a holiday, big, giant family setting. Although, let me add, I'm perfectly happy to go out to a restaurant and order a steak and go ahead and accept my losses that I don't want the baked potato, I don't want the bread, I don't want none of that crap. I might have some broccoli, I might have some green beans with it, maybe. And I'm just as happy as I can be because um, I've had a great piece of meat, fatty meat, uh, and I got a low oxalate, uh, low glycemic, low glycemic load vegetable, whole ingredient, like I said, a broccoli, which I realize that spawns a whole other debate because we've got to tell everybody how to eat. And the only thing that I join with everyone almost in unison is we've got to cut the sugar poison out of our body. And that spawns the, well, how much is enough? How much is this? That's a whole other show. Back to what I did. So I stayed relatively moderate on the carbs. I had a, a couple spoonfuls of green bean casserole. It was very good. Um, I had a spoonful of sweet potato casserole. Delicious. Uh, but I didn't want any more. But I told myself, now I'm going to have a piece of pie. Yep, I'm going to do it. I'm going to have a piece of coconut pie. And I didn't have a piece of coconut pie, though. I had two pieces of coconut pie. And I was even curious as to what was going to happen. Now, I went into that meal. Uh, it, it was a daytime meal. We started eating around 1 o'clock. Uh, we went to church. We all came back. Uh, to my son and daughter-in-law's house. We brought food over, we warmed it up, and we started eating. So I went into that with a blood glucose on my continuous glucose monitor of 105. When I got through eating, I took my blood glucose 30 minutes after eating, after having those two pieces of pie. And I fully expected it to go up. Of course it was going to go up. If you haven't figured out that type 2 diabetes is directly impacted by carbs and carbohydrates, directly impacted no matter if you want to blame everything else in the world, genetics, this, that, and the other, if you haven't figured out that carbs impact your blood glucose, it impacts the pancreas, it impacts the release of insulin, all those very basic things that we know, then just go ahead and call me a nut and hang up right now and, and don't listen anymore cause we're, or, or get on my Twitter and tell me what a jerk I am and have fun with that, whatever, because we know as type 2 diabetics what carbs do to us. Even if organizations like the American Diabetes Association try to tell us that we can have a lot more carbs than we know we can have. And we still know everybody's different. So back to what's going on with Now understand, my average glucose on a daily basis is around 105. So I wake up with a below 100 glucose and it doesn't peak to about 115 or so until dinner time at night. So the keto, low, low carb keto, keto has really paid off for me. Uh, I've lost a lot of weight. My A1Cs are better. I'm off insulins. 
Things are so much better. My life's better, healthier. I can get out on the floor and play with my granddaughters. But once again, long story short, too late. I knew it was going to spike my sugar, this coconut pie, especially two pieces. So 30 minutes later, I checked my glucose. What was it? Remember, I'm normally around 100. So what do you think it was? 180, 210, 316. Let that sink in. 316. So what am I supposed to do? Just, you know, throw myself off a bridge? No. Uh, forgive myself and blah, 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 blah. whatever works for you works for you. It's just a lesson for me. But then this is what happened that was so different than what happened previously in my life as a type two diabetic. If I'd have had those two pieces of coconut before I went on low carb, I would have had to sit there, figured up the amount of carbs in each slice, which would have probably very easily been over 100 carbs. I'd have had to divide that 100 carbs by three. That was my doctor-given, endocrinologist-given glucose carb formula. And then I would have had injected somewhere between 30 and 40 units of insulin to, wait for it, compensate for the sugar. But then I would have dumped all that insulin in my body, which just starts that never-ending vicious cycle of putting an anabolic growth hormone in your body to bring down the blood sugar, which just perpetuates fat, which whole nother show, y'all have been there, you know what's happening. Let's go back to my coconut pie. 316. I was like, well, oh, crap. I knew it was going to happen. I didn't know it was going to be that much. And that's my watch trying to play Siri with me. Ignore that. Um, And I was like, oh, crap. Well, that was 30 minutes after I ate. An hour later, now, I didn't do nothing. I said, okay, drink some water. That's usually my response if I feel like I need to normalize some things. Drink some water. And I did. So I had a bottle of uh, a bottle of water. I don't know what brand. It was reverse osmosis. And, you know, now I don't even want to go into that, don't drink water out of plastic. That's a whole other show. Go beat up on people for that somewhere else. I'm just telling you what happened. I drank a bottle of water. So now, 30 minutes later, I tested again. Remember, I was 316. So 30 minutes later and a bottle of water later, I was at 264. And it showed I was dropping. I'm like, okay, well, still probably shouldn't have done that. I'm not going to do it next year. I might have a bite of pie because I've really learned that I can do that. I can have a bite of something, put on the brakes. No, you can never do that. Well, if you can't, then don't. But most of what I've experimented and found out in my life, in my metabolism, of at different stages of going through the healing process, of getting crap out of my liver to try to 
get rid of fatty liver disease and all the other things that have been wrong with me for years of excessive carbohydrates. It works for me. It may not work for you. But here's the lesson that I think I can tell people I learned from this. Patience. And here's why. An hour after that, after that drop into the mid-200s, it was 175. I was like, okay, well, yeah, it's coming down. And I've not had a drop of Humalog insulin. I've not had the 40 units of insulin that I would have had to have had two years ago at Christmas that still wouldn't have dropped it to below uh, below 126 milligrams, you know, to below a diabetic phase. Another hour after that, I was at 135, and I was a little disappointed because normally when I go to bed, I go to bed and I'm somewhere around 110, 112, and I just thought, no, I'm going to bed. So I, I went on to bed. I woke up the next morning. It was 126, right there on the line. Enough of a disappointment for me to go, yeah, you probably don't want to have two pieces of pie next Christmas, even though I know I'm not going to rush off and have another piece of pie in a week or a month or three months or anything like that. I might have a bite of pie in May. May, for some odd reason in my life, or for whatever reason, uh, is when all the birthdays in our family are, except me and just a couple others. Um, But everybody's born in May. So I might have a bite of cake in May at a granddaughter's birthday party. I'll have a bite, and I already know what a bite does to me. I get a tiny little spike comes down. So it was higher that next morning than I wished it was. And then I just went on and had a normal day, ate my meat, ate my eggs, had my butter, had my avocado, all those things that I normally, uh, I drink water, had some coffee in the morning, went on with life, moved around, uh, helped my wife take down the Christmas tree, um, threw away some things, just did things. And then this morning I woke up and it was 97. Back to normal. I hope it stays back to normal. So that's the lesson. You know what is the lesson? Don't have pie. Have a little pie. Have this. Have that. Eat the fat first. Eat this first. Folks, I don't know, but I know this. I have the patience to find out what works for me. And I'm not going to throw in the towel. I feel better than I've ever felt in my life. I'm not going to run out and go, oh, well, I can have sweets now. It came down. No, I'm not going to do that. I know low-carb works. I know I am thankful for the reason and the meaning of the holiday, and I'm thankful that I can have food and it nourish my body. And so what I hope, that maybe you can glean and learn for this is not, you know, we have so much anxiety because we want to get better. We want to lose weight. We want to drop our A1C. We don't want to die. We don't want to lose a limb. We don't want to have happened to us what happened to our aunt, our uncle, our mother, our father, our spouse. We want to be around for our grandkids. We, we, 
We want to serve God. And I'm going to end it right there. And I hope you have just the most blessed new year you can have and a big old steak, if that's what suits you. If that's what suits you, then that's what suits you, and I hope you find out what works for you. Have a blessed day. Thanks so much for being with us.